1: The Roadwire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. Breaking down today's seven game MLB slate, all games at night. So that works out pretty well. Uh, the matchups are a little bit lopsided thanks to one particularly like, overwhelming favorite. That'd be the Nats, Max Scherzer, uh, back from his neck issue. The Nats are minus 340 favorites against the Marlins. Chris O'Grady, the left-hander, has the ball for Miami. we got Jordan Zimmerman against Trevor Williams in Pittsburgh, also a 7.05 Eastern start. Julius Chassin on the road at Great American Ballpark against Tim Adelman. Brent Suter and Irvin Santana locking up in Minnesota. Carlos Martinez against Ian Kennedy in Kansas City. Dylan Bundy and J.C. Ramirez in Anaheim. And then Jake Arrieta against Matt Moore. Uh, the last start of the night, 10.08 Eastern in San Francisco for those two sides. So plenty of pitchers to pick on. It's just a matter of deciding, are you going to pay the freight on Max Scherzer after that injury-shortened start last time out? Win probability, as I mentioned, off the charts high with the Nats <laughs> being big favorites. The price is low. And the price is as low as you're really ever going to get Scherzer for at 11100 yeah. on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, I don't recall seeing him that cheap, and obviously the... The Marlins have a few bats, but Scherzer's just crazy. So if he's healthy, I don't I don't think you even worry about any particular opponent, and certainly not these guys. Yeah, so
1: in cash especially, it's probably Scherzer across the board. The question then becomes, if you are playing tournaments, do you start to pivot away from Scherzer because you expect the ownership rate to be elevated with that lower price tag? The alternatives that kind of stand out to me include Jake Arrieta on the road against the Giants irvin santana i think could be okay against the brewers at home at 9300 carlos martinez on the road at 8900 and dylan bundy at 7600 against the angels i think is uh, appealing
2: as well yeah bundy's velocity is back up Uh, excuse me like earlier this year he seemed to be uh, around 91 or something i was pushing 93 in his last starts and i don't know if this was just because of the small sample but through pretty much fastball sliders didn't use his change or curve as much as in the past so Uh, there might be like some adjustment to that by Batters if he sticks with it, but I'm not worried about the Angels being the team that makes him pay. So uh, I like Bundy quite a bit, actually. There's not like the high ceiling, but I kind of want to advocate him for cash games if if you are looking for a non-Scherzer option because 7600, you can get a lot of bats that way at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think the challenge with today's
1: slate. Uh, will be honing in on one particular stack i mean mini stacks across the board could be uh, an option because you have so many back-end starters on this small slate
2: yeah i I mean i like that cincinnati game a lot just because of the the stadium and the pitchers in it like chasin has had some smothering games this year but they tend to be in uh, san diego and it tends to be against like righty heavy lineups and uh joey Votto, scooter can get back on track in this one i think um i I think both of them are really nice plays Shebler, if he's in there um and then on the san diego side too i mean if you're looking at the catcher spot to start something out uh this is more of a tournament thing just because of the nature of how he hits but uh hedges against adelman is pretty interesting i think in that in that ballpark and even hector sanchez if he's in yeah I would I would agree with that whichever San Diego catcher gets the nod could be
1: a nice uh, GPP consideration uh, on this slate today uh, as far as your your full-on stacks go if you're choosing a a, a, a four a for tonight's fan slate is most of that attention focused on that game or do you find a little more value possibly loading up Cubs yes. on the road against Matt
2: Moore yeah obviously Moore is a little less vulnerable at home but he just seems like garbage and even when they were in their slump to start the year the cubs were hitting lefties so uh yeah pretty much all the righty bats I, I, ideally you would be able to get wilson contreras in a cash game lineup i think because he's uh, in his own tier as far as this slate goes and he's just been insane generally um and yeah i, I think moore is just not good yeah you look at chris bryan at 4000
1: wilson contreras at 3500 they'd make the foundation of a, a great stack as you try to build out a lineup up against matt moore and the giants uh nat stacks against chris o'grady are probably going to be either the yeah. most popular maybe the second most popular zimmerman
2: at 3200 zimmerman's like a free Wieders square at that price yeah weeders is pretty cheap he hits lefties better than righties so uh yeah it's uh the nationals might be the chalkiest thing if not the i don't know reds and a- sprinkling of Padres guys I guess yeah but as I mentioned uh you know we've got the nine and a half over under with the Padres and
1: Reds so that's certainly a game to target nine is the over under in Anaheim for Orioles Angels got a nine for the Brewers and Twins and nine for the Cardinals and Royals uh, as well as a nine for the, the Tigers and the Pirates and uh, Zimmerman's been a little better but do you believe that not really I mean I, I think with Zimmerman he could settle in as more of like a high like, I don't know, low fours? I was going to say high threes, but probably more like a low fours ERA guy uh, the rest of the way, and, and that, that wouldn't surprise me all that much, but he has been really prone to the long ball. 23 home runs allowed this season. He's cut those down a bit in the last five starts, only two allowed during that span, but I think generally this is a guy that's making more mistakes than ever, and
2: bad things are happening when he makes those mistakes. Thin bullpen behind him too, so I guess if you're looking for a little bit off the beaten path, sort of stack to consider, maybe the Pirates. Yeah, I kind of like them as the, the alternative stack to the uh, more chalky options
1: that we mentioned before. Uh, let's go around position by position at the catcher spot. You know, you mentioned the San Diego catchers as a cheap option. Uh, I, Wilson Contreras, probably the best high end option. Contreras is hitting like a player who could maybe displace Buster Posey yeah. atop the catcher rankings as we start looking ahead to 2018
2: yeah i mean even before he got hot he was borderline projecting as like a 30 homer kind of catcher and uh if he maintains anything the like the pace that he's had the past month or whatever it's been he could he could be like you know the best like he said like he's and he's in the lineups that certainly uh generates more runs than posey will be if he's in uh, san francisco for any particular amount of time so yeah, Contreras has just been nuts, and he's, I think, definitely worth the 3500 as much as it might be kind of hard to set aside.
1: Yeah, during his big league career, Wilson
2: Contreras has done a lot of damage against left-hand pitching, and this is
1: a bad lefty in Matt Moore, one that's just unfortunately unable to uh, go out there start by start and give the Giants quality innings. Uh, if you're looking for some other options at catcher unfortunately jt Realmuto matches up against scherzer so that pretty much makes him uh, unusable i think weeders is the cash guy if you're looking for somebody cheaper than Contreras. had a 2, big 400 big home run on sunday too so yeah maybe maybe weeders ends up falling into the mix
2: um uh, yeah i don't see a lot else out there that i, don't I like today i mean it, i guess otherwise uh maybe Valley if you're going that pittsburgh route um I, this is a stupid question has Major Rocco been playing thought mesaraca was hurt okay yeah he's 2000 so that was too good to be true yeah that's uh maybe manny Pena. otherwise but uh actually it looks like hector sanchez is hurt i didn't see that so i guess we can presume hedges is going to be uh the guy there um yeah i wouldn't be on maldonado because I, I believe in the premise that bundy is back so well, mesaraca has been getting a lot of days off so he's you know he's available but
1: he's been almost alternating playing time with tucker barnhart since uh, coming back into action on july 19th Devin Mazzaracco has four hits in his last 12 games so averaging two FanDuel points per game during that span he has been very quiet I think it'd be just a pure GPP call if he's in there uh, as far as rolling him out there against Chassin
2: yeah I I mean Chassin is of course more vulnerable against lefties certainly but I I mean if Mazzaracco is you know standing upright which never take that as a given I guess but if he is he can I think crack went off of Chassin, even though he's a righty. Yeah, I would say
1: your Cervelli call, though, is a, a reasonable pivot if uh, you don't like the way things line up for the San Diego catchers for one reason or another. Uh, slide over to first base. Ryan Zimmerman, probably the best overall value at the position today, 3,200 against O'Grady. He will be very heavily owned. I like Thames, too. Thames also 3,200 against Santana. Probably a better fit in GPPs. I think people are looking at Santana now and saying, you know, I don't trust what he was doing at the beginning of the year, but... I'm not necessarily stacking against him. I might find the one-off plays, and, and Thames would make a lot of sense as a, a lefty-righty matchup uh, with, with the power potential that he brings to the table.
2: Yeah, I agree with that on on all fronts. Um, I, I certainly am a big believer in Thames at this point, uh, even though it's not been what it was uh, the first few weeks of the season. And I, it would be amazing if Santana could somehow keep with this thing that he does. With like, he he was pushing like a five fifth uh, earlier in the year when he was like under three ERA peripherals just look awful but there has to be something to be said for him you know just getting out of jams it has to be what's going on because he still gives up a decent number of homers and yet that era just doesn't really go up very much um so yeah i wouldn't want to do a full brewer stack but thames in a tournament I, I like a lot of that price especially since even in tournament settings zimmerman's going to be pretty popular because he should be What's your interest level in Matt Carpenter right now?
1: I mean, he's 3,300. He's got a matchup against Ian Kennedy. Kansas City's not a great place to hit, but the over-under in that game is nine, and with Carlos Martinez pitching on the Cardinals side, you have to think at least four and a half, five runs are expected from the Cards' offense tonight.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess that could have something to do with Martinez being off lately. Uh, I don't I don't really know what the, the theory is behind that over-under, but he's been a bit shaky. Uh, Kennedy... Uh, obviously home run prone but he's at least been better in kansas city than other places exactly as you would expect but uh yeah i mean the 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 splits they all line up nice enough for carpenter i didn't i didn't think of him as like an obvious target when i glanced at things especially because i've got distracted by thames and zimmerman at a cheaper price but at least you can probably presume that carpenter will be moderately owned at most Um, and he obviously is quite good when he is right yeah, I
1: I would agree with that. Uh, Josh Bell maybe in the mix today as well. Yeah. Thirty three hundred is the
2: price. vado's the ideal play, obviously, but that forty two hundred is hard to get at, especially if you're going with Scherzer. Yeah, I think the Scherzer vado combo might be a little too high, but if you go Arietta or something
1: instead, that might be the difference that opens up enough cash for vado to be an upgrade in the first base spot. Uh, moving over to second base. Brian Dozier is a little dinged up right now. I I don't mind rolling him out there against Brent Suter. I know Suter's had a lot of success. I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop because he doesn't throw particularly hard. A lot of what he does success-wise is just based on keeping uh, the hitter in the box uncomfortable. The tempo is very quick, but the the pitch mix doesn't really have anything overpowering in it. And I think with that, you you have spots like this where second base, a little thin tonight because it's a smaller slate. Some of the matchups don't look great. Scooter Jeanette's going to be really popular at 2500 Yeah, he should be. <laughs> uh, Daniel Murphy against the lefty is something that I don't think is a big deal at all. The splits kind of bear that out going back to last season. They're going to chase him. 3700 is the price, plus it's going to be a lot of Marlins relievers if they hit Chris O'Grady around. So kind of like the idea of building around Daniel Murphy as one of the more expensive bats in my lineup today. Uh, another pivot, though, if you want to save money at the position, also in that San Diego-Cincinnati game, jan hervis solarte at 2600 The over under is nine and a half he has sneaky pop and yeah
2: i like that you know, adelman's a pitcher that i have no reason to fear whatsoever yeah i love solarte as a cash play especially but um at that price i wouldn't be afraid of him in tournaments either because uh, as much as he might lack upside it's like i'm pretty confident that there will be runs scored in that game and 2600 frees you up to uh, pay at the more traditionally higher scoring positions i am sort of intrigued by ian kinsler now that the price is still down
1: around 2900 so i think he could be in the mix today as well i like bias a lot in tournaments
2: if he's in the lineup
1: i think at 3000 i mean i know that's expensive Moore is, is yeah. a guy you want to pick on but i like getting bias 25 2600 of course the price yeah. dips a little bit so i probably stay away from bias today but the play certainly makes sense uh sliding over to third base now chris Bryant at four thousand is probably the preferred choice if, if money is no object for you at third base today you know anthony rendon much like zimmerman price down to where you have that play fade question based on ownership as opposed to you know deciding whether or not you like the matchup because the price is outstanding for anthony rendon
2: yeah he's he's always in that lineup and he's he's been crazy himself too so he's always really nice play and that's that's going to that's probably the most popular pick, right? A third, thirty-three hundred, and in, in that lineup against O'Grady, should be. You um, look. Why does he does he look like Kenny
1: Powers to you?
2: Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he looks a bit a, a bit uh, funny this year. Yeah, but uh, not quite. Uh, probably a little less racist than uh, Kenny Powers, but I, I
1: would hope so. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, Jed Jerko at twenty-seven hundred. I, I think you know against uh, Kennedy, even in Kansas City, he can do something. Cassianos at twenty-five hundred is interesting. I think because. Uh, when trevor williams is right he's you know ground ball guy but um if he leaves something up castellanos has the bat to uh make him pay for that uh yeah i don't see anything else really at, at third but uh i like heimer I like, candelario ooh, ooh, uh i was gonna say spangenberg however you say his name Spang- spangenberg, spangenberg yeah. yeah spangenberg yep him yeah 2900 uh, against allemand in that park i think that's kind of interesting if, at least if you buy into the idea of the padres scoring today yeah i think I would leave Spangenberg out of
1: the the stack if I'm stacking Padres. I just, there's so little power potential, but if really? he's going to get into one and actually hit a home run, it'd be in a place like Great American Ballpark. So I guess there's, there's that to kind of fall back on. I mean, he's pretty much got to steal bases or find a way to run into one. I know he had a stretch of, of three homers in a span of five games in July, but that's kind of a, an outlier as far as what this guy really brings to the table. From a power standpoint, I mean, Iohanyo Suarez in the same game, yeah. twenty eight hundred. Yeah, and I think as far as your crazy power upside goes, like Suarez has more of it. But Heimer's the punt. I would assume he's in the lineup today. The Tigers calling him up uh, for his debut with the team. Flat hmm. two thousand is the price. See where he's in the, at in the lineup once that comes out yeah. later in the day. Of course, uh, moving over to shortstop, Wilmer Defoe cheap at 2700 if you're not stacking Nats, do you still think about using wilmer defoe as a cheaper option at a pretty thin position
2: yeah i mean he always showed pretty good eye in the minors and the speed's not quite what we thought a couple of years ago when he had like 60 steals or whatever it was at high A or whatever it was but um yeah he's turned into a pretty nice player and he tends to bat at the top of the order so uh switch hitter could get some shots at a bad bullpen in a high scoring game so yeah 2700 i like that a lot What's your
1: attack uh, or plan of attack with Tim Beckham? 3,000 flat. He's been red hot since getting acquired by the Orioles. And, you know, J.C. Ramirez wasn't one of the tournament pitchers we talked about. Uh, He's been good at times. He's he's, pretty good. He's he's had some blowups along the way, too. So he's not not pitching well enough to where you would just, you know, worry about Beckham. But do you trust Beckham to continue kind of playing at this level? I mean, it's not going to sustain over several weeks, but... Are you interested in playing the hot hand at three thousand?
0: Not
2: really, but in this, the slate shortstop offerings are pretty terrible. I mean, Andrelton Simmons is the most expensive one at thirty four hundred against Bundy in a game that doesn't project to be particularly high scoring. Uh, Cozart after that at thirty one hundred. I would rather pay a hundred more for Cozart. Um, Beckham is. I think the same player that he's always been, it's just he's been really good in that Orioles stadium where uh, he makes a lot of like medium contact, so it makes sense that going to a more home-run-prone stadium uh, would result in a few more of those fly balls going over the fence instead of just being uh, fly-outs. That they might have been in, in uh, most other settings going to los angeles uh, it's more like it is in tampa where he had a lot more uh so uh he, he's a fine player and it's it's like that that lineup isn't doesn't project terribly or anything like that so he makes sense especially since things are so slim otherwise but i would much rather have defo and slightly more would, would rather have cozart too yeah cozart i think would be my preferred play today at shortstop uh, going over
1: to the outfield Jesse Winker still cheap twenty five hundred. You know, assuming he's yeah. in there, I, I don't really see a good good case against them, Especially no. if you're trying to free up the cash for the likes of Scherzer. Maybe you want to pair Winker with Votto. I think there's a lot of different ways you can go about it.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, looking otherwise, um, I, I, the Pirate bats seem interesting enough to me. I mean, Marte at thirty three hundred. If you believe that Zimmerman gets roughed up at all, or that bullpen even uh, thirty nine hundred for McCutcheon, I think is. Really nice price given how good he's been this year, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not really sure what I would target. Otherwise, I agree with Winker. That's that's a nice one because it, he the lefty bat in that stadium against uh, Chasine. Obviously, uh, what do you think about? Uh, I don't know, like how about Piscotty at 2500. Oh, there against he Kennedy. is. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's definitely a nice staple if you're not going for uh, the Winker 2500. Um, I'm, I'm interested in tournaments, at least uh, with Ian Happ at 2,600. I know he hasn't been uh, consistent or that great lately, but I, I just think Moore is pretty bad. and So that, that one's interesting to me. Uh, I'm trying to look at the other really cheap guys here to see if there's anything.
1: Happ's really cooled off in the last yeah. month or so. I mean, Dusty Coleman's been getting some run for the Padres. He's a flat 2,000. Uh, but Robbie Grossman at 2,900. I know he's been uh, pretty pretty disappointing for stretches. Anytime he's up against a lefty, though, I have to at least consider it because of where he hits in the order, the power he brings to the table, the floor's not bad because he's got a pretty good eye at the plate, capable of drawing some walks. So I think Grossman's in the mix at twenty
2: nine hundred today against Brent Suter and the Brewers. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that's uh, I I, I buy the premise that Suter's going to cool off a bit. But oh, I meant to ask before: Do you think he can basically be the lefty Kyle Hendricks, Suter? like this the the miners numbers aren't there but if he was just kind of some late blooming weird case uh the method seems similar uh aside from the pace i don't know what hendrix's pace is but yeah, i was looking at something uh that the um heat map for suitor against righties and i don't know if this is uh noteworthy at all or if this is rather typical but it was it was kind of interesting that to me that uh all the squares however many of them they are there are in the in the map uh he never had more than like 2.7 percent at any one of them so it's just like he seems to just really scatter his pitches really well um but i I don't know how to explain like that as you know how he's quite had this much success i think when you have great command and you can keep
1: hitters uncomfortable doing something like altering your delivery or speeding up every pitch that can be the kind of thing that does work, and it kind of does defy FIP. It kind of uh, allows you to cheat your your metrics. That's possible. I still think with Suter though, it, it's it's not like a Hendricks situation for me because Hendricks, there's a few things. Hendricks is in a pitcher friendly environment. Suter for his home games isn't, uh, and that that's the probably the biggest difference overall. And I still think with with Hendricks. The secondary stuff is better than Suter's secondary pitches, so it's not just Pedigree is way better. Yeah, they're not both just like light fastball kind of guys, but I think Hendricks has a few more weapons in the arsenal, and I think that's what enabled him to have a lot of the success he's had over the better part of these last two seasons. Now, Suter might be, I don't know, like a a younger version of Jason Vargas, which you know a year ago would have been a slap in the face, but now maybe is, is something of a compliment. Now he's a
2: trade ship. Yeah, I mean,
1: like pictures like that can have value, and it always takes us forever as a group of analysts to come around on their deception and and their skills as being stable
2: because they just they're not flashy. Right. Well, in any case, I mean, I I'm not going to f- go targeting suitors specifically, but yeah, it feels like s- that that shoe is still that other shoe is still floating in the air somehow. Yeah, I know uh,
1: his matchup against the Cubs would have been two starts ago now, at least that was one where it looked like it was going to come crashing back to earth. It didn't happen. Then when it happens for the finesse pitchers, it doesn't matter if it's Suter, or Mike fires or Hendricks. When those guys have an off day, if they get an umpire, the tight strike zone, that's when things start to unravel hmm. it can happen at any time. Those pitchers are very umpire dependent uh, because again, the strike zone needs to be yeah. generous for their stuff to be uh, just deemed unhittable by opposing hitters. Uh, other outfield considerations here before we sign off. Uh, what are you doing with Jarrett Parker right now? I mean, today against Arietta at 2,400, it might not be a lock, but he brings a ton of raw power to the table, at least for, for like a GPP, swing for the fences, save some money kind of option. I think Parker could make some sense as your third outfielder today.
2: Yeah, he's been really hot since he came back. Um, looking at his AAA production before he got called back up, the strikeouts were down at least a little bit like six percent about um yeah so if he if he keeps his strikeouts down but uh, it's like there's not much indication that he ever will he could actually be a really good power slight speed guy but uh, yeah today against Arietta and that park i'm probably not going to bother i'd much rather go like the winker route or uh i don't know like pretty much anybody else i guess that's
1: that's fair. I mean, I'm looking at uh, Gregory Polanco, too, as a guy who's just 2,900. Oh, yeah, definitely. Matchup against Zimmerman. There hasn't been a lot recently that makes you confident that Polanco is going to consistently return value. But we saw some flashes of, of what he's capable of in July. We saw a uh, pinch hit home run Friday uh, against the Padres, only his 10th of the season. Slash line for the year, still underwhelming. But I think he's another guy that, at least in GPPs, based on where he hits in the order and based on the pedigree, i'm going to take the occasional chance and i think on a mid-range slate like tonight's it makes sense to take that chance on polanco
2: yeah i definitely agree with that um i, I don't think zimmerman is good in polanco i don't know what his deal has been at various points this year but still think he's really talented uh i was gonna say otherwise if if that as far as that 2400 range i would i would have some gpp interest in broxton if he's in the lineup because uh he's obviously hit or miss but uh He does get his hits eventually, um, and he obviously has the speed factor too, so that's a lot of power speed at 2,400, especially if you're trying to kind of use that logic that, you know, Santana's not going to melt down, but he'll give up a couple homers, one runner, two-run homer or something. Broxton is a fine candidate to get one of those if it happens. It's the
1: home stretch, though, for baseball season, but FanDuel is going to be here every day until this season comes to a close. Of course, this year the late swap contests are a great addition been really happy to have that uh friends mode still something you could start up for this season create a league for your friends choose the days you play each week you know make mondays and fridays more interesting for the next few weeks and you'll have a leaderboard that will keep track of how you all stack up against each other now that i'm done with the moving process i'll be playing a lot more dfs because i'm able to you know connect to the internet from home prior to lock that's kind of a (sighs) necessary component so glad that the move is over have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com/RW. Got a special offer for new users. You can deposit today and get free six month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to fifty dollars in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com/RW. Check that out. Sign up today. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with you on Tuesday.